Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Some People Call That Jesus. This is a very important lesson today and something that I myself am in the midst of studying and trying to understand and to put into practice with God's help. So understand that through this episode, I have not mastered this yet by any means, but I found that it's something very important, especially to the Christian journey, but something that every person is trying to do in this life um, in order to press on through these difficult times. And that's what it's about, pressing on. Um, really what I've discovered in the Bible is the formula, so to speak, for true perseverance. So we're looking at perseverance, the ability to press on a little bit from the world's perspective, and then what the Bible has to say, especially about what's available in the life of a Christian for how to persevere through difficulties especially, because you don't need perseverance through good times. Perseverance is for those times and troubles that are very difficult. So we'll be starting in the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. And before we start to look into the scripture and what it has to say about perseverance and pressing on specifically, is that I've seen this before, and this is not bad advice per se, but from the world's perspective, that mean I, I'm meaning people that are in the world apart from what the Bible says, apart from God, you hear often in you know, motivational speeches, people that are um, have high levels of achievement that people look up to, that people learn a lot from, you know, you often hear, don't give up, keep going, pick yourself back up, find your purpose, work hard until that success comes, etc. You've heard all that before, and I'm not here to say that that's evil or bad advice. It's actually quite common, and I believe that it is the right thing to do, because that's at the heart of perseverance, not giving up, not quitting. But something that I've just found in many ways, at least from my perspective, in that wisdom from the world, that motivation from the world, is that the message and the encouragement is there. The motivation is there to not give up. But then I turn around and say, well, where, where can you equip me now with the means to not give up? The strength, the hope, the assurance, the confidence, the skills, etc. There's things that you need in order to not give up and to not be crushed by your problems. So saying don't give up, having that encouragement is a great first step. But if you don't follow it up with that practicality, if whoever you're hearing that from doesn't follow up with the practicality on what you need or here's the resources that you can use to not give up, here's the strength that you need to continue on, then to me the advice or the motivation only goes that far. You feel good in the moment, and then when you get back to actually addressing the problem or putting it into practice, the practicality, then it all seems to fall short a bit. At least that's been my experience. And then you find yourself in a setback again and again. And often in the world, what works for some person might not work for someone else. You may see a success story and the pieces of information they give you are exactly what they followed. But there's a lot of different variables from one life to another in the opportunities that you have, the upbringing that you have, this, that, and the other. And so it's hard to replicate exactly what someone did to get to their level of success or to persevere through a difficult time. And often it can become a discouragement pretty quickly when someone says, here's what I did and I made it through. And maybe you try those things, but you, you are encountering failure. But you have to understand that each life of a person is so complex and so different, one life cannot replicate another's 100%. So you could do exactly what they did and still have different results. But one thing that different about the Word of God is that the truth of God's Word is universal. It applies to each and every one of us if we seek to do these things through God. So that's what I see that this is the equalizer, that we're able in a relationship with God to see how to persevere, for example, what we're looking at today. 
but it can actually apply to each one of us with the same results, because that's the point of God's word. It doesn't differentiate between people. If you obey his word by his help, you get the same results as people even thousands of years ago in the Bible. You read their story, you can get their same results. You can persevere through difficulties just like they did by following the same word of God that they were given. So that's something that supersedes the advice of the world. When you can't replicate someone else and what they did and get the same results that they did every time, you can get them by the word of God because it supersedes man's wisdom. So having that context and the difference here, again, that's why we call this podcast, some people call that Jesus, seeing what the word of Jesus has to say versus the word of the world and seeing the comparison and the contrast. So again, here to Philippians where I got this term pressing on. Again, Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, and it says this, Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So this is really the framework for perseverance, I'll call it, the the setup of the formula for how to press on, how to keep going. And it's a combination of two simple things, really, and then some additional factors we'll look at. But in this verse, the ability to press on towards the goal set for us by God is a combination of forgetting what is in the past and straining towards what is ahead. We probably heard this a talk like this in many times, in many different ways, about you cannot let the things of the past hold you back, that you have to move on. You may have the memory of it still, of course, but you have to move on because the past can hold us back and it's never going to change the past. But also here it says you, you combine that with straining towards the future, which we'll dive into a little bit, having something before you that you're working for, that you're going into. You know, we only exist and live in the present, but the past can hold us back and we also need to remain future-minded as well. And here in this short passage in Philippians, that is this combination for pressing on. And continuing that, if you want to strain towards what is ahead, you need hope. You need to have some kind of assurance or confidence of things that are in the future that you can believe in, that you can trust in. Otherwise, if you don't have that hope for the future, it's very hard to press into the next day or, or motivationally drive yourself into the next day if you don't have any hope that something good will come of it. If you think it's going to be just as bad as the past, this is when people get really dismayed and brought down and discouraged, and it can happen very quickly and very easily. I myself have undergone that. So the Bible continues to build on this for us about how do we press on? How do we let go of the past and have hope for the future? Well, we turn to 1 Peter chapter 1 to understand what we do with our hope or what we hope in, because that's very important. Everyone's typically hoping in something. You can certainly be in a hopeless situation or have a hopeless mindset, and that's very discouraging, of course. But often it comes about because we place our hope in temporary things. And the Bible teaches us that things of this earth are temporary, passing away, fading away. And we even know this is no, this is a very common thing that people can disappoint us and let us down, that human beings aren't perfect. So even if you put your hope in someone else, someone that you love and trust the most, they're imperfect just like you. And at some point they may fail, which means your hope fails as well. So where are we supposed to put our hope? And this is in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, and it says this in its fullness. Therefore, prepare your minds for action and be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Now, there's a few layers of depth that at least I've learned so far about that verse we could go into, but we're not going to go into all that today. 
But simply put, it says, set your hope fully, 100% of your hope, put it on Jesus. Ultimately, the coming again of Jesus, where he's coming to take us home, to end this time on earth for us. So set your hope fully on the coming of Jesus. But you can also set your hope on every time Jesus is revealed to you in the Bible. Every time you learn more about him, you have an opportunity to receive even more grace, even more help for your life. But it says, don't set your hope in temporary things. The coming of Jesus is guaranteed to happen, even if we don't know the exact date and time. But it's something that with a guarantee you can set your hope fully on because God has promised that it's going to happen. So that's what you do with your hope. Don't set it in temporary things or you'll be resetting your hope again and again and again. And that's discouraging because then you set it in something and you think, when is this going to fall through? When is this going to fail? And when that moment of failure comes, it's very discouraging and can kind of take the wind out of your sails, meaning to remove all your momentum. So here I'm trying to do that myself with the help of God. Be fully hope-focused, set my hope fully on Jesus and his return and everything that has to do with that, because then I have a hope that cannot fail or be taken away from me. Building on that of setting your hope, pressing on, going with towards ahead. In the New Testament, in a few places, it, it kind of describes the Christian life and this perseverance as running a race. And in Hebrews chapter 12, in the first verse, Hebrews 12, 1, it's actually just should be a few pages over in your Bible from 1 Peter. And it says this, Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin which so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That starts to go into verse 2. But part of this setting your hope on the future, forgetting the past and straining towards the good things that are ahead in God, it says you set your eyes fully on Jesus, which again kind of reiterates the first Peter verse, and that we're running this race. And what I love about it is that it says the race marked out for us. And that we're really, we may look like trailblazers in our life or you're doing things you've never done before. But what's amazing is that we are following the life of Jesus. We are walking in the same steps that he walked in. The race is already marked out for us. So that's an added encouragement that helps us stay focused on this hope. Is that you just follow the pattern of Jesus' life that he lived while he was on earth. You don't have to make it up. You don't have to wonder what you must do or how you must behave to be successful and to finish this journey. You just follow the pattern that Jesus left for us by his help, of course, because you can't do it on your own. Then we follow and we get the same results that he did. So it's very pretty simple. But you keep this in your mind and you shape an attitude around this knowledge and it helps in this framework of perseverance, putting it into practice and getting through any difficult time. So again, this is the framework that we're building, kind of the foundational pieces. Now I'm going to shift a little bit from this framework and this idea of what we're going ahead, which is all pretty simple so far, I hope. And what I discovered here, something that's new for me, is I, in a way, I'll call it the, the secret to perseverance. This is something here that really contradicts man's wisdom that God reveals to us. In this man's wisdom of pressing on, getting up, keep going, Something here that's, I'll call like the secret ingredient to this formula of true perseverance that I've discovered that's been helpful, but that I'm in the midst of learning still. And to understand it, you need to go back to the Old Testament, to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. And this is a part of the perseverance. This is God's secret in a way. Obviously, it's revealed here and we're about to read it, but how you continue to go on through these circumstances. 
and it says this. Actually, I'm going to go back to Isaiah chapter 40, same chapter, the starting in verse 29 through 31, which runs out the end of the chapter. It says, He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And I heard that verse many times. It's a very popular verse, very motivational and encouraging, and I heard that growing up in the church. But I feel like I have new revelation on it now at this stage in my life and what God is teaching me about it. And really the secret here to perseverance is that you enter these periods where God has you to wait. Some translations say those who hope in the Lord. Others say those who wait upon the Lord. Same difference to me. But here it's you have these periods in your life where you're in the midst of a trouble and a circumstance. You're in a point of weakness because it says you're waiting for your strength to be renewed. So you're, you're, you're drained. You're out of strength. You're weak. But you're in the midst of the trouble still. If it was a good time, you wouldn't need new strength. You wouldn't need to be renewed. But it's a time of trouble and of difficulty you're going through. And this is God's secret for it. There's a period in that when you're out of strength, when you're out of answers, that you just wait upon God. And it's not a time of idleness or complacency. It's extra time that you spend in prayer, in the word, waiting upon him before you make a move. Because to me, this is one thing lacking, again, in the world's wisdom and advice, is that they tell you to keep going and don't give up. But they don't really, there's, it's, divides in many different ways after that of how do you get the strength? Where's the know-how? Where's the answer? Obviously, I know that I need to not give up, but where's the answer to keep going? Here, God says there's times where you just wait. And a verse to tie in with this that you can put down also and look up on your time is Psalm 46:10, And it says, be still and know that I am God, a famous verse as well. And in the context of that short Psalm, the earth is giving way. Essentially, there's chaos happening around the person. And yet God instructs them to just be still and focus on the knowledge of him, which we get primarily here from the word of God. So when I combine the verse there from Isaiah and from Psalm, I kind of put it together in one sentence. And I put, be still and wait while you focus on God and hope in his word. Strength and speed and promotion into the next season of your life will come. Because what's amazing is God teaches you timing through this as well. You know when it's time to move, you know when it's time to act, when to address the problem, when to attack the problem, so to speak, when your strength is renewed. But you know, just, you know, have a literal example when you're running and you begin to lose your strength and lose your stride and, you know, maybe some of your muscle control, you become weaker in your steps. It's easy to trip over yourself, trip over other things, fall and have an accident, injure yourself. I mean, I've certainly done that before, even though I'm no runner, actually probably because why I am no runner. But there's these times where God says, when you need that renewal of strength, just stop for a minute. Stop running. Stop trying to get up. It doesn't mean quitting, but it means stop trying to run back into the situation. Just take time with me. Focus on me. Talk to me. And I'll renew your strength. And when that renewal of strength comes and you feel your weakness shift to strength, when you feel your um, questions become answers, that's when you move again. That's when you'll have success. So this true perseverance for a Christian that's so important, and it's so important for a Christian especially because Jesus said to his followers that because you follow me and will be like me, the world will hate you. We have a unique problem where the world hates us. I mean, naturally, you could think it takes a lot of perseverance and strength and encouragement to continue on this journey of Jesus 
when they hate you in response, when it says the whole world hates you in response. That's very difficult. So take those times when you feel weak, not to move forward, not to act in haste and rush into it, but just to wait upon God. I'm trying to do that now. Whenever I feel weakened, just wait upon God. Wait for the strengthening to come. Otherwise, I'm going to run into a situation totally depleted and likely injure or hurt myself in some type of way. Again, whether you're thinking literally with the running example or emotionally, mentally, you're drained and yet you still try to press on and hurt yourself because of it, are damaged because of it, face an even even worse setback because of it. I'm encouraging you today by the word here to tap into the secret ingredient here for perseverance. Wait upon God until you feel his answer come and not before then, even if the world around you is giving way. So some final words and thoughts here just for reflection, just to add into the practical piece. And just think about what from the past is still holding you back. Again, you need to forget what is behind and strain toward what is ahead. So what from the past is still holding you back? Also, what are you really hoping in? As you look towards the future, are you hoping in these eternal, for sure, things promised by God? Or are you trusting in things of this world which continue to expire and fade away? Also, are you taking time to wait upon God to renew your strength? If you are totally depleted, that is your signal to wait. You don't have to go on without strength. He tells you to wait, and he promises strength and power to those that are weak. So I hope that this encouraged you, but not only that, gave you practical advice from the Bible here to persevere through the midst of that trouble that you are in right now and begin to wait. When you don't have the strength, begin to wait right now, and it'll come through. But search these verses out yourself. Become rooted in these and build the attitude needed because the times will only get more difficult, especially for Christians, and we need to persevere now more than ever. So I appreciate you again studying, taking time to listen to this, in the midst of learning it just like I am, and I look forward to studying again with you very soon.